Hi, this is George Denholm. And this is Dustin Weber. Welcome to the 5 by 2 podcast, where each week we discuss Christian discipleship. We hope that you'll find this podcast interesting and informative, but also challenging as you strive to grow in your discipleship to Jesus, our Lord and Savior. For this episode, we're going to be talking with Gretchen Newell as we will be discussing um, Easter. So Gretchen, thank you again um, for joining the podcast once again. Uh, if you haven't listened, she was on an earlier episode of the 5x2 podcast. We invite you to go back and, and take a listen. So even though you were already on the podcast, but just to remind people who haven't listened to that episode or for maybe people that heard it but you know maybe don't remember everything, can you start us off by just sharing a little bit about yourself and how you're involved here at St. Peter's? Sure. I'm Gretchen Newell, and my family has been members here, my grandmother, my mother, me, my kids, grandkids, all that. So long generations of family here at St. Peter's, and I'm still related to people I probably don't even know about in the congregation. I would say that I am volunteering these days in hospital visitation. So I'm I'm the Tuesday gal. Actually, I've already made my hospital visits today, and I do some shut-in visits as well, but that's what I'm doing these days. So, Christian, I know you're really well, so I could ask all kinds of embarrassing questions, mm-hmm. but one question I always, I, I seem to forget it. You had a stint where you were in Mexico. What took you down to Mexico, and how long were you down there? My first husband worked for Cummins, and so we were down there two and a half years in the late 70s. It was just the experience of a lifetime. It really was. It was wonderful. Uh, Mexico is a lovely place and even lovelier probably back then, but it was a great time. And so was that in Mexico City itself? Mexico City itself. Si, yo hablo español. That's a pretty big city. Did you get around to see a lot of it when you were down there? We or? did. We, I took advantage of and went out into the countryside a lot, saw a lot of places. And yeah, and Mexico City would be like from Indianapolis down to Louisville over to each boundary of the state of Indiana. That's how big just the city of Mexico is. That is huge. It is huge. And so literally, if I was going to visit somebody across town, it might take me an hour to get to their house easily. And so what was transportation like down there? Do they have buses or do you They walk do or? have buses. The subway system would be the most convenient way. And it was pretty extensive, the subway was. They have all kinds of transportation opportunities because not that many people have cars. I mean, a lot, of, of course, a lot of people have cars. But like, you know, for people that don't have cars, you got to have transportation. So they did. They had good public transportation. Of course, since we're in a five by two, like we're talking about faith issues. Where was it that you worshiped while you were down there? There, it was a unique Lutheran church church down there, our Savior Lutheran Church, which was a joint effort by the Missouri Synod and the LCA. There's not many of those around anymore. No, probably still not doing that, but they were doing that then, and it was bilingual. We had services in Spanish and in English. In the bilingual one, was it at the same time? or? Well, sometimes we would have joint services, and then they would say, like the liturgy in English, and then say it in Spanish. That becomes a little tedious because most of the people there spoke Spanish, you know. But they also had separate services as well. I guess that because when we were down on our mission trip in Puerto Rico, the pastor, for a while the church had kind of tried an English service and a Spanish service, but then the congregation wanted the one service. Mm -hmm. And so the first time it was one way, then the second time we had two services, but then the last time we're there. And he actually did back and forth. And it was a little confusing, but I thought it was so awesome that the guy could do it. He'd yeah. give like like a couple phrases of his sermon, and he'd switch back and do it in English and then yeah. Spanish and in English. And It's difficult, but it is, it is neat. And I will say, for English speakers, it was kind of a wonderful way to just go back home 
for uh, Sunday morning. You know, so when we had English speaking services, it was. It was just nice. You felt like that was one time when you could be back home. Well, in light of, you know, worshiping in church things, I know that, you know, in the Spanish world, a lot of the the religious ceremonies are way mm-hmm. huge events. And, you know, I know even like some of them that are just glancing related to church, like Day of the Dead and those things, they get to be huge celebrations. We're talking about Easter here since it's uh, the Easter season. And so as you think about like when you worship down there, you were if you're there two and a half years, you worship for Easter a couple times. We right? did. We did. Uh, they have beautiful flowers in Mexico City all year round. So uh, one year they had kind of chicken wire cross up in the sanctuary and everybody brought flowers from their home and stuck it and made a floral cross. And it was just kind of neat to be part of the decorating of the church. But flowers were available and they are everywhere on every street corner that you can buy flowers and inexpensively. So now like a Lutheran service there, did it take more of a Catholic flavor with the... Or was there a, a no. dis- distinct difference? It was very Lutheran still? It was still very Lutheran. It, it was very much like, uh, as I say, going home because you felt like it was the same service you might have experienced at home. The neat thing about it was there's also a Catholic church that was on the way close to our house, on the way whenever we would go anyplace. And if I would go in there for church, they would be on the same lessons, uh, readings that we were. And so that was always kind of comforting to me that the Catholics and the Lutherans used the same lectionary and were on the same readings. And if I talked to my parents, then they would have gone and heard a sermon on those same readings that same Sunday. So that was really fun. Yeah, that kind of flashes back to the old days when more churches were using mm-hmm. that lectionary pattern. And a lot more churches today, like St. Peter's especially, we, we work more with sermon series than necessary of the lectionary. Yeah. And let's keep that bridge going. And so... Thinking about Easter, Easter is one of the big holidays that we celebrate in the Christian church. You don't have to get all spiritual on this. What is your favorite part about Easter, just in general? You mean besides the food? (laughs) Well, you know, yeah, that's a given. So I love the whole breadth of Easter, like that we start with Ash Wednesday and we've got that Lenten penitential. I love the minor key hymns. I love giving up stuff. And then Easter, you wake up and you dig into the pastel M&M's. (laughs) <laughs> it's food it's food it's food it's definitely food so i but i do love that the, the uh, juxtaposition of that dark somber season of you know maundy thursday good friday and then bam easter i love that you mentioned like giving something up for lent what, did you give up something this year that you could share with us well, I did. This year, I added on more than I gave up. I gave up meat on Fridays, but I've found that's not a huge sacrifice, other than no biscuits and gravy on Friday morning breakfast, which has been some part of a problem. But really, I usually give up chocolate, and I find that so frivolous. So this year, I was going to make it more meaningful. But I can tell you, there's nothing, like I said, Easter morning, digging into the pastel M&Ms. I'm missing that, because it won't be any big deal, because I won't have given them up. So it won't, up. it won't be any fun. Right. So I find giving up things to be very meaningful spiritually as well. Because every time you think, oh, I think I want a piece of candy, and you can't have it, you think, oh, yeah, it's Lent. And Lent means Jesus died for me. That's, again, the thing that some people that don't give stuff up, they go, oh, that's that's just a practice. But it really is to help you reflect on the sacrifice that Jesus did for us. And and you mentioned Absolutely. something else, though, picking something up. Mm-hmm. And that's a, 
a newer concept that I think we brought up in, in our church for several years, but I don't know that, it, I can't say St. Peter's is the originator of that, but you want to speak to that? Yeah, so this year I am adding on a Bible study on Monday mornings. So during Lent, I have a different Bible study I go to on Monday mornings. And as I was telling Dustin on the way in, because I think this is super cool, the Catholic Church has a yoga class on Tuesday evenings during Lent that's very devotional and very meditative in their sanctuary. Really? So you're in that sacred space, and it just it's just very cool. I have to say, very cool. And so I'm enjoying that add-on particularly. All right. Now, we have to go back to the food. Have mm. to go back to the food. I always think it's kind of, was it ironic that Christians to celebrate Easter usually have ham? Ham. <laughs> because Jews would not eat pork. No, they would not. But So, like, when you think about Easter foods, what are, what's in that list of Easter foods that you have to have? Oh, so, so ham is totally, I love that <laughs> that idea of ham for Easter. One year... Our dog ate the ham. That's, that's straight was, out of Christmas vacation. Oh, it isn't was. It, it or, was. Uh, no, the Christmas story, right? Where they eat the turkey. Oh, it was awful. I mean, I mean, his stomach looked like it had the ham sticking out the side. It was just engorged. He ate the whole thing. Dustin, is there any foods that your family has that's an like Easter only thing? Not really that I can think of. I mean, you know, there's times ham. I'm just, I'm not a big ham person. It's, it's okay, but. I enjoy more if we do brisket or something, you know, something along those lines. Um, usually some sort of like dinner roll or, you know, biscuits or something like that. But yeah, nothing I can really, really think of. It's it, in our, our family, ham's just not a huge favorite. So, but sometimes it, it is what it is because, yeah, it's kind of associated with Easter. But. The one thing I associate with Easter, and I know it's normally a picnic food is deviled eggs because yeah, you have yeah, so yeah, many you have eggs, eggs you got to get rid of. Yeah. That, that is a big, I guess that, yeah, I didn't even think about that. But yeah, deviled eggs would probably be one of the, the key ones for our family. So Now, Dustin, you won't remember this, but hams used to come in a can. It was a canned ham and it's egg shaped. So I still have one of those cans and you bake cakes in them afterwards and then you decorate it like an Easter egg, you know? Yeah. So do you remember that, George? I remember the canned ham. I don't remember okay. baking a cake in it. Yeah, so we save that and use it like a cake pan, right? Huh. So one year I decided I would make my mother's recipe for Swedish nut cake. Delicious. You know, it has cream cheese icing. Yum. You make it, it looks like an Easter egg and then you put green coconut around and jelly beans and super decorative, right? So we're, we we made it. We're so proud of ourselves. And we tasted it, and it was horrible. I don't know if it's the <laughs> recipe, probably the cook. But actually, it was horrible. And so we left it. We go on our merry way out to the living room. We're talking and chatting, and we hear this clatter, clatter, clatter. We go in the kitchen. The dog has gotten up on the table. He's overturned, broken the platter that the, that the Easter egg cake was on. There's jelly beans everywhere, coconut everywhere. And we turn it over. The cake is still there, licked clean of the icing. <laughs> but he wasn't going to eat that stinking cake either. <laughs> Went for the best part. That's yeah. right. So, George, um, I know you talked a little bit about food, but like, is there? What's your favorite part of Easter? In terms, of my favorite part of the Easter, I think, like with most holidays, for me, it's family. Mm. You know, and whatever we do, getting together as a family. I don't like taking the pictures. We always do. But just going to church together, in the last couple of years, we've gone up to Andy's for Christmas, but all the kids come to our place for Easter. And so, like, everybody's back home. We arrange the egg hunt in the backyard for the grandkids, mm -hmm. and there's way too many pieces of candy all over the house. But just being with family, it's just some, some, one of those holidays that just, they come back to our house. And it's usually because... 
Kiera has extra days for the holiday so she can make it back from Texas and we can all get together. Lovely. As we think about Easter, usually Easter is one of those services where most churches do a, they, they blow it out, right? They're looking mm-hmm. for the big things. They mm-hmm. want the processional. They want the special instruments. I remember growing up, I played the trumpet during grade school, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, and we always had to do the trumpet service with having a processional. You're playing the trumpet. Jesus Christ is written today, so That's we practice all year long to do that. <laughs> Can you think, Gretchen? Like, what was the most impressive Easter service you've ever been to? Okay, so I've got two because I've got to tell you, back in the old days, this is such an old timey thing. We had Easter at the drive-in. And so you would go, when you went to the drive-in movie, they had this big clunker speaker that hung on the inside of your window, and you could hear the preacher through that speaker. You could be in your pajamas, and they had, you know, the Easter cross and the whole Christian thing going on up there at the front, which you could barely see from your car. But it just seemed so strange to me. Now it's so commonplace for people to watch on, you know, on their screens and, and be in their pajamas. But back in those days, it was just considered so revolutionary so was that like a multi-church thing yeah it was like citywide citywide Citywide. yeah so i'm sure not every church in the city participated but many did yeah i don't remember anything like that but i remember like reformation services we would have a citywide reformation service like down at one of the stadiums or the arenas you know and there'd be hundreds of lutherans there singing you know mighty fortress just raising the roof so have you heard of a Treor service? Do you know what I'm talking no, about, Treor? No. Treor would be on Good Friday. And Good Friday, Treor means three hours. And it would be a three-hour service, and they would have different Lutheran ministers from all the, you know, even the county churches come in and do a 20-minute segment. We'd have seven different preachers, and they would do a little, you know, their little thing. We'd sing one song, and then you'd have maybe like a five-minute where you could come and go. And you could come and go. Obviously, nobody came for the whole three hours, you know. But it was a lovely thing because it was all the churches came together and that doesn't happen very often anymore. Now you say that flow, I recognize what the flow was. I don't mm-hmm. remember ever hearing it called that, but I was probably younger when that happened. Yeah, yeah nobody, nobody does a three hour thing anymore. Hardly. No, no, but that was a lovely thing. Now the, the previous church that I was at 29 years ago, the pastor there had done a thing where he didn't do communion on Easter, but he did communion on Good Friday. Hmm. And he said that was a German tradition really? to do communion. Now, you know, you're used to yeah. communion on Monday, Thursday. Absolutely. Uh, but he would do it on Good Friday. Well, ultimately, I think it was because he didn't want to worry about the non-Lutherans that were coming, <laughs> coming to church <laughs> on, su- on Easter Sunday. But um, <laughs> it was one of the things. It was just unique. But, it, it, you know, actually, by doing that, you kind of thought more about what was going on. And I think that's the, the, the value of all those Lenten services. It's just... Because it's different, you mm-hmm. you think, you know, sometimes you get into that flow that church is just the same thing. And it's great that we're here worshiping God, but, come, you know, sometimes we need to break out. Those special holidays do those things for us. What are some of the other things you like about Easter, Gretchen, as you just think about it? I've shared about the family thing. Well, I love, uh, I do love the flowers, and we always have special flowers here at St. Peter's. They use lilies. One church I was at one time, uh, you came in on Easter morning, and the church was dark, and the altar had been emptied so that there was nothing on the altar, nothing in the altar area. It was all just dark and very bleak, and then women of the congregation came in and brought flowers and set them down. And as they were bringing them in, the lights were raised a little by little by little. And so gradually, the whole altar area is filled with flowers and light. 
And I think that representation of new birth and a new beginning at Easter, spring is not even my favorite time of year. But, you know, there is something about spring and having Easter in the spring that I think is so appropriate. With the idea of new life. Now, those of us that have allergies, that's the worst time of the year. <laughs> Those lilies killed me, so I'm always doubling up on Sudafed before I come to church. Dustin, what about you? Yeah, I, I kind of, to go off of that, summer is my favorite time, but I do love spring because I do not like cold weather. And But like you said, just that, the idea of like kind of that new birth mm-hmm. and, and everything, I just, yeah, um, for me, yeah, that's... that's I just Easter's my favorite favorite holiday, and and for the obvious you know reason of um, Jesus dying on the cross for our sins, raising from the dead. But I just think there's something cool, so cool about yeah, like you said, that that new birth and into um, new season, into spring and, and warmer weather and all that. And I love you know coming to Easter service, and it's usually people are wearing the brighter colors and mm-hmm. everything like that. And so it's just just cool to cool to to see all those things we can't do it here because our cemetery we don't have a cemetery no maybe when we have the columbarium we can do it but i know some churches they start easter worship in their church cemetery and then proceed into the church and that's another cool idea of you know death to life absolutely is there anything that's going to happen this Easter that you're looking forward to? You got family coming in, Gretchen? No, you know, I am looking forward to coming here on Easter and seeing what's going to happen because we got three new pastors and they like to do things a little differently. And do you know, is Adam going to play baseball in his robes? <laughs> yeah, what's going to happen? I do. I, I just love to come and, and think, oh, I wonder what they're going to have planned. And every Easter is like that. They, it is like the big blowout. I usually like to come to sunrise service because it's a little more quiet and more meditative. I think it's a little bit easier to get yourself thinking about those women walking to the grave and you know what that would have been like when you go when it's still dark outside. I love that. We used to make jokes when we were growing up because all of us were in choirs or playing an instrument. Easter time was when we would go to more church services at that whole mm-hmm. uh, Holy Week. We'd go to more church services than there were days of the week. <laughs> so, and, and again, that, the, the differences, just to, to focus on a different thing, the, having something new, it just kind of makes it fresher. Dustin, can you think of any of those things that, that really kind of jump out to you that you've had in your past Easter experiences or something that Easter service you really like? Yeah, for me, you know, I, I enjoy the different type of services, but I enjoy, prefer more of contemporary style. And so there was a, a service that we went to thinking it was this, the song Death Was Arrested. In the song, it gets to the point where I'm trying to, to look this up to make sure I say it the right way, where the line is, darkness rejoiced as though heaven had lost. In the sanctuary, like they dimmed the lights, it mm-hmm. got dark and kind of quiet for a second. And then the next line is, but then Jesus arose with our freedom in hand. And the lights came on and like everyone just like belting it out singing. I, it was just kind of a cool experience. Mm-hmm. Kind of what you were talking about before with the from lights the and the, the flowers mm-hmm. and everything. It was just kind of that cool and just that from Good Friday to Sunday and just kind of feeling, you know, I'm sure after after Friday, everyone's like, what just happened? Like just <laughs> feeling the, 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 the feet and everything to then just the, the victory and just the excitement and just the joy of, of Sunday morning. So anyway, it was just, that was one, one service that just really stuck out to me. It's just that, just kind of that cool atmosphere of like going to dark and nobody really knew that was going to happen, right? Like went dark, quiet, and then all of a sudden, you know, into that next, next line of, of Jesus's victory. So I know that like when Lisa used to play in Christ alone, mm-hmm. then she always got real soft. And then 
then bursting forth and it I went really that. super loud. Yeah, it was just like, that. again, that super cool idea of Jesus won the victory. And some churches, and, and Kira's church down in Texas has this, they really emphasize the Christus Victor thing. So I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's that's Christ the victorious conqueror of death, sin and the devil. And so they've got a, a lot of the different symbols for Christ the victor. My brother-in-law used to always have the expression, we're Easter people. And he wouldn't say that just on Easter. He'd say it all the time. And, and in a way that kind of like, ah, it's kind of a kitschy little thing. And yet when you think about it, it is a major part of, of our faith, if it would not been for the resurrection, I think it's Paul that says our faith would be in vain. So as you start thinking about being Easter people, what does that mean to you, Gretchen? Well, I love that idea of being Easter people. And I, I you know, I agree. It's kind of a trite expression these days, but the same power that, that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. And I love that verse. And I, I just think if we could appropriate that power, oh, my goodness, how different our lives would be. I want to take a couple of minutes here. I, I said earlier that I'm a hospital visitor for St. Peter's. Well, last night and this morning, I have had the privilege and honor to be in hospice with one of our members. And so it has gotten me thinking about resurrection in a very concrete way, because this gal's going to be in heaven soon. And she's going to be resurrected in her new body. And I just love that. So it brought me back to 20 years ago. My husband died from pancreatic cancer. And when Chick was dying, it became pretty obvious toward the end that it really was the end. And he was going to be going quickly. And so I was sitting with him. And his breathing pattern was changing. And so I knew the time was close. And so I held his hand and talked to him. And I said, Chick, you know... God's going to take care of us. You don't have to worry about us. He's going to take care of us, and we'll be fine. And I will see you in heaven before you know it. And with that, he said, Gretchen, Gretchen, and he died. And he hadn't spoken for two days. He'd been semi-comatose. And it was just such a blessing to be able to share those words with him of reassurance that we will be together again and that he was going to heaven. And he knew that. But I think we all need that reminder, you know, and even when you're dying, you need that reminder. Even when you've got one foot in heaven, you need that reminder. And, and I just love that Easter gives us that huge big reminder that no matter how tough things are here on earth, God's with you. And when you die, you're going to go to heaven. Uh, one of my favorite hymns is I Know That My Redeemer Lives. And that verse, I can remember not knowing where that verse came from. And when I found out that that verse comes from Job, I'm like, are you kidding me? Job in the Old Testament with a myriad of troubles says, I know that my Redeemer liveth. And you just can't beat that. You know, you can't beat having that assurance. And that's why when I go to hospice and visit people, there's a joy underlying the sadness that is just unbelievable for the family, for the person laying in the bed. There's just assurance that there is a resurrection real and live. Well, I'm glad you brought up that Job reference because we're going to be reading Job in our two-year reading plan, and it's hard to get through, but there are those kernels that like that yeah. that'll just jump up there. I just got to bring in here, you know, as you talk about chick passing, there's a lot of folks that have what they call a celebration of life, but I just remember chick celebration of life, we brought down that sanctuary. Yeah, we did. Just the, we did. the praise songs and the people there that were 
again, sadness, yeah, but rejoicing because we knew. Yeah, it was such a blessing. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Charlie and I, Chick's son, my son, we're sitting there and uh, Dave Florine was singing thank you for bringing to the Lord. And we got to singing with David. <laughs> and it was just such a precious time, such a precious time. It was it was wonderful. Our friends were there and our family. And, you know, we were all celebrating Chick. There's so many of those moments in our lives when those, that one song just kind of hits us. I remember, again, bringing up Chick memories before I, I'm going to start bawling here in a minute. Chick and Aaron sang a duet on Here, I, here My Lord. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing. Like Chick did God's voice, and then Aaron did the voice of the, the faithful servant to say, I'll do it. And it was just, to me, it just I can't ever listen to that song without thinking about that moment. Gretchen, thank you for, for sharing that story. I mean, just to be able to share that. And, and something that you said just kind of, uh, stuck out to me of just we all need that reminder right uh, at all times and that's why there's so many obviously important things about worship services right but coming together as the body of Christ to be reminded of the gospel I just think that's so important and to continue to grow in our understanding of the gospel and how it applies to to all of life that's just we we all need that we all need that reminder constantly and that's why I'm talking about the Vision 28 compelling community, right? We need that compelling community where we can share the gospel, where it's mm-hmm. revealed through life. And um, we need those people around us that can encourage us and, and remind us. So I, I don't know. That just really hit me as you, as you were talking. So, well, I yeah. think one of the things, Dustin, that we've lost a little bit in the last few years because of COVID is that sense of community. So I'm really glad that John's preaching on that because there is something so different about being in the sanctuary with people than watching it online, uh, you know, and I watch it online now and then, and it's just not the same. Not the same. It is just not the same. Well, you know, and the other thing about just when we come together and worship, every Sunday really is a small celebration of Easter. Mm-hmm. I mean, we blow it out on Easter Sunday, and yet if you would kind of think about that, every Sunday is a celebration of the resurrection, yeah. and we're reminded again that while we're sinners at the beginning of the service and we have that time of confession, by the end of the service, we've been reassured because of Jesus, you have the resurrection. And so we ought to be a little more excited about coming on Sunday. We should. And and back to the Easter people thing, because I do think, I don't know if I emphasized enough, I mean, certainly from life to death here, uh, death to life here on earth, but just the way we live our lives to know that we do have that Easter power, that resurrection power, to live differently, to be kinder, to be more aware and more intentional. I, I you know, I've loved the sermon series lately. They've yeah. really been very impactful. Well, and the other thing is Easter gives us hope. Mm-hmm. When we look at how bad the world gets and people complain, oh, it's never been worse, you know, and, and I don't know that that's necessarily true. There's been some dark times in history, and yet through all the darkness and all the bad things in the world around us, we do have a hope because we know that in the end, that's the message of Revelation, right? No matter how what, what, what interpretation you take in Revelation, the one message, Jesus wins. And because Jesus wins, we also win. Yeah, and it'll be, like Gretchen said, you know, we got some new stuff and, you know, three new pastors. And we have the, as we record this, the glow glow in the dark Easter egg hunt has not happened yet. But when this when this drops, it, it will already happen. So I'm sure it'll be a great turnout. We've got, I think, at least a thousand people signed up for that. And so some exciting stuff happening. But, but Gretchen, thank you again so much for for joining us once again and agreeing to come back after the first time. So appreciate you, you joining us again today. I so. appreciate you guys doing this. I yeah. think it's a great thing. We uh, we hope you'll keep joining us as we continue to discuss uh, different discipleship topics and 
um, just continue to talk about our five by two strategy here at St. Peter's. Now go out and serve God and others. 